Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. All right, everybody, you may remember we did part one of this uh, last week. Check the archives if you want to hear the part uh, part one of the question and answer podcast. This is part two. Uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant, and I discussing more uh, RacerX online uh, letters to us, uh, posing some of the questions of the day. Thanks for listening. As always, support the sponsors. And uh, here we go, part two of the uh, You Ask, We Answer podcast. We each take 16. If you know yeah, mind. next one. After the conclusion of the last two rounds of the outdoors, I keep hearing the words man-made tracks thrown around. But I think there's an abuse of that phrase. How is Miller Motorsports Park and Elsinore more man-made than other tracks in the outdoors? How are perfectly sculpted jump faces, tabletops, and perfectly groomed and watered dirt not man-made? Which is the point is, every track has that. In today's crazy world of moto, does man-made simply mean the track has no hills and valleys and the dirt sucks? Wouldn't a totally non-man-made track simply be a field only to have a course line with banners so the riders know where to go. Also, why does it make my brain bleed when I go into the forums of Vital? <laughs> uh, he's, he's got a point, yeah. They're all man-made. Um, just hills. I guess he's right. When he says, wouldn't a totally man-made track... Uh, no. Does man-made simply mean the track has no hills or valleys and the dirt sucks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is the definition of it. <laughs> I think he nailed it. Um because uh, more and more of these nationals, I mean, Millville, Redbud, Thunder Valley, I don't think Hangtown. I can't think of anything at Hangtown, but there are some big jumps on these tracks. Uh, um, yeah, and even Unadilla, which was held up as the natural track of natural tracks at this point, very little of what it, – it's almost completely changed the layout in the last five years. Yeah. So man has come and done that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's not the ants pushing up the, the, the jumps. Excellent point. I think Bo wins. Okay. Good job, Bo in Denver. Yeah, good job, Bo. All right, next uh, one. 17. How much money would it take to build and run a team like Nick Way did in 2013? Um, in talking to some teams over the years that have semis, now Nick Way didn't have a semi, he had a fun mover. It's a quarter of a million dollars for running a team, not including rider salaries. Just going to do the nationals and supercross um, with the to put a bike on the track, uh, a rider, mechanic salary, a truck driver, all the races. What do you think, JT? Am, am I right? Am, are those numbers correct? Uh, I think that may be a little bit high. Uh, depends on how you want to do it. That's how. Yeah. You know, that, that's an underlying theme in this whole sport: is how do you want to go about it? Right. Uh, how much money do you want to spend on the bikes? How much, you know, how quality of a mechanic do you want? Do you want your semi repoed at Steel City? <laughs> yeah, so I think that's that's 
you could definitely get by on on less than that. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think you know that's a if you have two hundred fifty grand, that's you're gonna you're gonna be able to do it correctly. So we'll say that. Weech. Cool. Um, yeah, I have no idea. So there's your answer. Two fifty sounds good. Uh, well, I, I mean, I can 18. break it down if you want. It's pretty easy to yeah, do. Yeah, Weech doesn't sound happy with that answer. No, no, I just think no, he, I'm, I'm he has, doesn't have a ton of experience with yeah. all the expenses and all that stuff. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just go to the races to make money. Suck it. Yeah, travel wise is typically uh, for a rider, it's about a, costs about a thousand dollars a weekend on average to go to a race. Uh, your mechanic salary is going to be anywhere from on the low side of four hundred a weekend, three hundred a weekend to eight hundred. Um, truck drivers. The same, you know, truck driver is going to be a little bit more because they have to have a, you know, uh, CDL and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you have truck expenses. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I've heard for one rider you could probably get away with anywhere from um, anywhere from six to 9000 a weekend, like all in, you know, rider expenses, truck expenses, bike expenses, mechanic, all that kind of stuff. So times that times 12 and you're, you know, Getting anywhere from seventy-five to one hundred and twenty-five thousand. So, if you want to do it cheaply, I think you could do it that way. Uh, so, I think you could possibly get away one hundred fifty thousand if you're, you know, um, trying to cut corners. Really. What about bikes and parts, though? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I'm adding in another, you know, twenty twenty-five thousand for bikes and parts. So I see. Buy two bikes. That's fifteen grand. Ten thousand for parts. So. It's actually all less than I thought it would be, to be honest. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm not doing it. I, trust me, no one on the team is going to be real excited about the way they're going about it, doing it that way. But that's a, honestly, it's a way a lot of teams have to do it. So, uh, question 18, another money question. Any idea how much Josh Grant gets from Unit? Seems like whenever he's on the podium, he pushes them harder than any other sponsors. Do you think JJR gets upset about it? Uh, thanks, Weege. It's Ben from Utah. I think. No, wait a minute. You didn't read Ben's full. Oh, well, there's one other part. Yes, he misses Blogant 1.0. Those were the glory days. We do. Oh, yeah. We all do, Ben. We all miss Blogant. <laughs> believe me. I think that's how you and I became friends. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed. Like blog. Somehow I stumbled on it. I don't even know how because I think it was pre Racer X online days. Maybe it was uh, the racing papers when I had to run the local. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania District 5 newspaper. Yeah, another crappy job I had at one point. Good stuff. Um, You've never been better. Okay, so, You've never been better than that. No, those were that I'm, I'm seriously, I think, more proud of those old blog days than anything else I've done since. Not, not joking. Um, I think we can take this question of Grant getting money from unit and he plugs him on the podium to a much wider thing where there's a very weird line where riders have personal sponsors, but they have team sponsors and uh, how that all works. I don't think JGR is upset about it at all. I've never heard them complain about it. We should, uh, um, should dial Jim Perry up. He's got some great feelings on this. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Nothing would get Jimmy Perry more upset than when a rider would be wearing a DC hat, DC shoes, or whatever, um, you know, and they would they would hold it to the camera or whatever. Or, or Chad Reed would come to the, to the, to the track um, or to, to the race in a um, – Etnies t-shirt or whatever. And Jim Perry just feels like, you know, we're paying you over a million dollars. They probably are giving you 30 grand and some shoes. And you were, you know, you're, you refuse to wear the, the million dollar sponsor because it's not cool. 
oh, he, I've heard this rant a time or two. So <laughs> I'm very, very passionate about it. But um, yeah, I'm, what would he get from Unit? I don't even JT. Uh, I have grand? no idea. I heard they're about to make gear, though. So oh, they are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That could change the whole dynamic. Yeah, I, I've never heard. Um, there's some people out there who feel like Unit is a detriment to Josh Grant, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I've I don't know. I, I would think it would probably cheese me off if I'm a team owner and, and my rider's doing that. But they're all they a lot of them do it. So I'm not know? that comfortable with being associated with you cheesing off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. I, I mean, I, I don't care, but I'm saying some some guys would be cheese, you know. Then there's Hanny. <laughs> Hanny got an H and H tattoo on his neck. Doesn't even ride for oh. him. Got fired from oh. him. That's hardcore. So. Uh, so he cannot help but give them a plug anytime he's interviewed. And he's not even on the team. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, um, I think one thing to keep in mind though with these team deals is when teams are sparring over a rider and two different or three different teams are negotiating. Uh, okay, there's some teams that, for example, have team gear deals, right? Mm-hmm. And another team, one of the big carrots they can dangle is, you come to us, you get your own gear deal, you can make more money, so come ride for us. So sometimes they look at that level of flexibility as a way they can get a rider for yeah. less uh, than another team. Yeah, the, the Yamaha, Team Honda and Team Yamaha gear deals back in the day did hurt them at times. You know, guys. Uh, as far as getting riders. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Guys just don't want to do it. They want to be an individual man. God, nothing, yeah. nothing made Chad Reed more unhappy than having to wear blue gear. Sweet Jesus! You would think that they're asking him to go to the mines and and go work. You know, in the mines for six months. Hey, when you're when you're willing to take a sixty thousand dollar fine to wear another color, <laughs> you're pretty serious about it. I I know, but God, per race. Good God, we were just like, really. Could you imagine what some what Weege would do to not get a sixty thousand dollar fine? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I work in the mines. Hash, hashtag first world problems, right there. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Hashtag rich rider problems. Um, yeah, there was a deal um, when Damon Huffman was like the hot prospect coming out of the one twenty five. Yeah, and yeah. Honda was still the team. Uh, he couldn't go to Honda because I think he had a two year AXO deal, and you had to wear Fox with Honda. Yeah, and it all got. And then how about how about Axo? He he went to Axo and said, "Hey, can I get out of my deal to ride Honda?" No, like really, Axo, really, <laughs> like <laughs> hashtag dick. Uh, nah, it's pretty. I mean, come on, you're gonna hold back a a, a guy from Team Honda because of yeah, a deal's a deal. Do you do you understand how much money we spend or you know company gear company spend on marketing? Oh, we. No, no, well, it's not. I'm not we, saying but I, I see now. I see how much money is look, spent I'm not to saying brand a, a guy. I'm not saying it's a mid a mid season move. I get it, you know. But, no, yeah. That, listen, when we when Fly goes to hire a rider, there's a plan. There's a marketing plan. There's all these things. They spend money in hopes of, of a return at a certain point. We should call. So Huffy. we should ask Huffy. So for Axo to go spend a bunch of money to brand Damon Huffman, and then just say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're, no worries," you know, you're just going to leave after the first year of your two year deal after we spent all this money. Uh, and we're gonna get nothing out of it now. Sure, no problem. This is the '90s. Probably was forty grand. It doesn't. Ma- that doesn't matter. It's it's how much money they spent in marketing and advertising and all these things that they're gonna get zero out of now. Fine, we'll agree to disagree. Okay. Um. Hey, one question: Weed, you skipped on that guy with the KTM three hundred. Yeah. Um. My question is: Why are X pros like the goat allowed to ride at Loretta Lynn's? Uh. To me, it hardly seems fair that the one-time best rider in the world is now considered an amateur because he retired 
I don't even know what satisfaction they would get by winning. And this doesn't just cover Ricky, of course, Tim Ferry, Robbie Renard, Travis Parker, blah, blah, you name it. Um, we've covered a little bit before. I see no problem with this. What are these guys supposed to do? Right? Do we all? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but if you're I'm an amateur you. racing them, the answer is, what are you supposed to do? Like, that's that's the answer? Really, that's the best argument well, you can get? Look, if you're 30, year, if you're 30 years old or over yeah. and you're upset that Carmichael Ferry Renard are beating you or taking your place at Loretta's, perhaps it's time to really evaluate, you know, what's important in your life. Now, Jeff well, Emig racing, I think he raced 250A one year. I, I understand yeah. that. I get that. Um, Wait, that's worse? That's How worse. How is that worse? Oh, that's, I thought Emig was doing the right thing. He's like, I'm only going to take one. I can cherry pick and race 25 plus and 35 plus, but I will race one class against the fastest riders at Loretta's. No, because that's it's a showcase for those guys, the kids that are racing in that class. It's a showcase for them to be get future rides and, and become professionals, and Fro is taking that from them, um, that chance. The old guys, it's it's done. They all got jobs. It's over. It's, the dream is dead. We're just there to race and have fun. I think you're um, missing the essence of uh, amateur motocross, which is, Try to get the rules manipulated so you can get the biggest trophy possible in any way, <laughs> shape, or form, and somehow that doesn't seem selfish at all. Right. Like, I, uh, yeah. I go to these meetings, and a guy will be like, I think you need to have a 37-year-old uh, plumbing industry class. Yeah, and I right. happen to be a 37-year-old plumber, but I think that's for the good of the sport to have this class. Uh, uh, those, you know. those older dudes who don't get to qualify because five ex-pros come in, that crushes them. That hurts them bad. Yeah, and I and I, I don't agree. Let those guys do what they want. They're retired and whatever, you know. So I mean, if anything, I think that we should keep Robbie Bernard out of the class. Just him. Of <laughs> Just Robbie. <laughs> would you care to ask? What about you, man? You coming back? Do you care to ask John Knowles who he would keep out? <laughs> no, no, okay. we can though. We can try to get him on. <laughs> I, I keep threatening Knowles that I'm going to call him up just to bullshit and hit record. So, um. Jason, JT, you coming back? You going to race? Uh, I would like to at some point. It won't be this year, or next year, or any time, but at yeah. some point I'd like to. You need to join the Tomax as the only father-son to have titles at Loretta's. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know if I could. Well, I think I could win. Frank. I just have to kind of find the right year. Frank I told has... Timmy when he decides to stop, then I'll I'll <laughs> go back. Frank has the 84 uh, uh, Yes. 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 Um, that is correct. So you need to join the Tomax. Uh, next question, I'll read it, Jay uh, Weege, if you don't mind. Um, this is just, again, oh, it's, it's Lane from Boise, right down in your neck of the woods, JT. I like it. We need to find a way to get 40-minute plus two-lap motos back for outdoor motocross. There must be a way. Well, we'd have to build bigger gas tanks, for one. <laughs> ASAP. Yes, because I know a Suzuki 450 will not do 40. It won't even do 40 minutes. It will do about 38. Uh, and that's pushing it. I like uh, I like Weege's point on this. Sorry to interrupt you, JT. I like Weege's point on this. Um, and it goes to it goes to longer Supercross mains, longer nationals. Does the racing get more exciting the longer it goes? I don't think it does. It does not. So. And I actually was wrong. We had to build bigger gas tanks to finish motos. Our practice bikes, which had stock tanks, would only do about twenty nine to thirty. So <laughs> pretty risky in there. To, 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 hmm, well, is, you remember what it, happened with Metcalf. 
Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and I know like on, on my practice bike, which we didn't have, I didn't have a bigger gas tank on because they were pretty expensive. We had to have them handmade. Uh, I at the 28 minute mark, I pulled off every time just because I knew I was pushing it if I went anything past that. So uh, to build a bike that will do 40 plus two, which is you know you're basically you have to have a bike that'll do 46, 47 minutes to be safe minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to look at huge modifications. Remember the old Euro guys would have just the big square, Dave Thorpe, just the big square on top of your gas cap, like right, right. where your nuts are. Oh, that would, that's a little sketchy. <laughs> or vaginas, if you're a woman listening. Oh. <laughs> um, Weege, do you want to go on your yearly rant about this, or do we cover it? or are you? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone there many times. Just, again, Space Mountain used to do loops, <laughs> I know. Uh it sounds cooler to say the track should be rougher, and it sounds cooler to say the races should be longer. But in reality, it right. doesn't really make things better. Uh, I, yeah, how many how many motos this year, especially in the 450 class, were last lap nail biters? No. You're like, it was just getting good. If they only went <laughs> five or ten more minutes, yeah, it, it very rarely works that the racing gets better as it gets longer, and... Since they know where the bodies are buried, they're not going to talk about it. You know, I really, but, I really feel like Stroop and, and Lawrence needed that extra time. Oh, they were just coming on, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, you could probably do a chart and look at the gaps between riders, you know, five minutes in, ten minutes in, fifteen minutes in, twenty minutes in, and it always gets worse. I don't know. If you went, like, super long, maybe you'd have to get to the point where riders would have to purposely pace themselves or you'd have to have pit stops or something, and then maybe – you'd have the point where people weren't sprinting at the beginning and maybe it would get tighter at the end, mm-hmm. like like bicycle racing ends up being. But uh, I don't think – I don't know how long you'd have to race. You'd have to have, like, hour-long motors or something for that. Yeah. Uh, it sounds cool. doesn't work. And, like, again, if, if you think these guys – I mean, you know, we had an email on the Pulp Show about ass clowns that are getting factory bikes like Brayton and Tickle. Hey! Uh, um, if you think these guys, like – Ah, they're they're just babies because they're doing thirty plus two. You should, you know, peruse the pits after a moto. Go look at some of these guys. Um, our own Jason Thomas included. Um, they're spent. I mean, it's hard, hard work in the summer to do thirty plus two, and I just don't get it. Why? Why make them longer? As a matter of fact, uh, there was something about TV where we were going to make them thirty minutes exactly, like twenty eight plus a lap or twenty eight plus two or something. For TV purposes, I think just thirty instead of thirty okay. plus two, just thirty. So you yeah. figure out where to put the two lap board out before that. Right, uh, yeah. I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't think these guys are any. I don't think these guys are any more babies. Um, for that, I don't know. It's it's Space Mountain, bro. Right, Space Mountain. Yeah, and I know Bob Hanna rose forty five plus two in the heat, and he didn't pace himself at all. He sprinted right, right. from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. He did not. Just watch the tapes. Those guys were going. Yeah. Way slower. I mean, there's a million factors, four strokes for one, of why they're going faster now. But we can go on that Jerry Robin 85 CR250. Oh, uh, that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, dudes are just pushing so much harder than they did back then. You're comparing apples to oranges to say that Hannah did it. These guys suck. Yeah. All right, yeah. ne- next one. Um, 21. Have the track builders, most of the nationals, build jumps larger than they did before. At some races, it seems 250s are struggling to clear jumps, and I could not imagine a 125 two-stroke making it over. Keep up the good work, 
Andy. Thank you, Andy, for being nice about that. Yeah, are the jumps getting bigger? Because there definitely seems like there's jumps 250F struggle to get over. Oh, obviously yeah. they're faster than 125. Absolutely. Yeah. Although, I think Supercross guys need to make them bigger than they haven't. JT, a Supercross triple was 65 feet in 1998. Yep. It's still 65 feet. Yeah, and, and I don't think they necessarily need to get bigger. Uh, just because I think the rhythm sections, the guys are just, even if they're not bigger, they're just jumping more stuff. You yeah. know? Okay, we'll just go over another one then. You know, I, yeah. So I don't think they have to really get too much bigger, but without a doubt, the outdoor jumps are much bigger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, JT, you can, um, you can answer this next one perfectly. Matthew from Laguna Hills. I wonder if he was on that TV show. Um, what are the advantages? Yeah, with Hanny. Uh, JT, yeah. will you answer this. What are the advantages and disadvantages to the riders having to use spec tires for Supercross and Motocross? Has there ever been much talk about the option? Would only the promoters benefit from that rule? What about it, JT? What if you gave everybody a production spec tire? Uh, you would have a line of riders screaming and hollering. Uh, <laughs> Lighting the pits on fire. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I, I don't hate the idea. As long as there's you know some options similar to you see in other sports where there's like a hard and a medium and, and a few different things guys can choose between. Because tires are a very sensitive subject. There's a lot of guys that like different things. Uh, very, very different opinions on what tires work and how they work and why they want this tire and on and on and on. Um, but I think in the essence of fairness, I'm, I don't hate it. Uh, that's for sure. I think uh, the factory guys, which they, deserve, they do deserve to have the best bikes or the best riders. They should have the best equipment. I, I'm a big you know, proponent of no, that. No, 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 no. You give yourself a factory Honda if just someone would give you a chance you would show these ass clowns on factory bikes what's up? No. Okay. No, and I'm very much not that guy. Um, but I, it would be nice uh, to have, you know, I remember when Bridgestones were, when Bridgestone ruled the world as far as motocross and supercross tires. Uh, I tried them, and it was massive differences in what I was from what I was running. So, of course, I wanted those tires. So, on that level, great, you know, let's, let's, even out the playing, you know, the playing field a little bit. Um, I think the same could be said for fuel. There's there are people that want spec fuel. Um, the problem you have there is the the engines are built so much differently, and everybody it would be a complete uh, change in how uh, the sport works as far as engine modifications because everybody would kind of have to fall in line a little bit. Um, you know, the gas that a privateer is running you know, that shows up to Unadilla on the weekend, the gas he's running is, is a far, far cry from the gas that Bill Poto or Dungey is running. So um, I think they're, overall, I'd like to see stuff like that. I think if it can work in a sport like MotoGP or NASCAR or stuff like that, then it can cer- certainly work in motocross. All right, next question, Weege, number 22. Um, no, I want you to take this one because this, uh, this one is near and dear to you. Why? What do you mean? you got to read the P.S. part. Oh, yeah. Um, hi. Uh, talking about Zach Osborne changing handlebars, I remember when Ricky Carmichael and Kevin Windham had their own style bars made by Renthal. Why haven't Renthal done the same with a rider like RV? All the best. Michael Anderson from the U.K. P.S. Good luck to Tim Ferry at the Farley Castle this month. Well, Michael, bad news. Tim Ferry's not going. Um, uh. I texted him. 
And JT, imagine this. He really didn't know why he wasn't going. He had no answer. Just wasn't going. <laughs> just wasn't going now. Um, Interesting. I, I don't understand. He said, no, I'm not going. I said, how come? He's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all, right, I'm just, all right, Timmy. Again, one of the more clueless, more clueless uh, people out there. It's awesome, though. Um, That's a story that I did. Timmy was on the podium six times at Loretta's, and three of the six, I was the one who interviewed him. Yes. And then when I saw him at Elsinore, he said, hey, were you at Loretta's? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, folks. This is Tim Ferry, your 1997 125 Supercross champion. Um were you at Loretta's? Uh, yeah, I interviewed you three times. We had conversations. Like, yeah. he talked to me knowing not just I was an announcer. No, like, he dude. knew it was me. Like, he said my name. <laughs> yeah. How about, when he would, how about when he would sit there, JT, in between motos? He would just sit there all quiet. You know, we'd all yep. be talking. And he'd be like, hey, I got a question. And yeah. you're like, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> like, what could he be saying right now? Right. Like, yeah. What is possibly going through his mind at <laughs> right. this moment? He'd be quiet for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Hey, I got a question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who came up with the idea for a starting gate? Yeah. Why are clouds white? <laughs> um, why do what is why do motors say, burn off gas? One time he said, "Why does Canada have its own money?" <laughs> I think he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Of course, we can all remember the one time I challenged him to name uh, ten two fifty riders. This was when he was racing. He was factory Kawasaki. I said, name 10 250 riders. And he barely got it, and he threw the Sewell brothers in there to clinch it. The brothers. He knew there was two. Yes. He could not name. Could name them. Yeah. Couldn't name the name, first names, but Sewell right. brothers. Yeah. Yeah. After about 15 minutes of trying to go, you know, uh, Josh Grant, Michael Lessie. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, Michael, your question, uh, talking about Zach Osborne changing bars. It ran th- when you remember when Ricky and Wyndham had their own bars made by Renthal, why haven't Renthal not done the same with Ryder like RV? Ryder just picks his handlebar and just and just uh, you know settles into a bend he likes. Osborne was pumping up in the first motos and uh, thought it may be his handlebar bend, so that's why he switched. He switched to a different style bar altogether, one with a crossbar. He was running crossbar less bars. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Michael. Your question doesn't make Do they still make them? Do they still make the Wyndham Ben or MC Ben? Yeah, well, they, they, they update them. Like the, um, the the Pro Tapers at Yamaha, they were called Doug, they were Doug Henry Bend. And then shortly after Chad winning, you know, a bunch of races his rookie year, all of a sudden they became the Henry Reed Bend. So I don't know how many years in the future they'll just p- keep putting a slash there. You know, Henry Reed, Scene Cirillo, um, Ryder D. Francesco Bend. Uh, <laughs> bend. I don't know how long they'll do that for. So it's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials, buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.
Monster X Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. All right. 23, I'll take it. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what the beginning of this means. Chad Reed is Chad Reed, obviously. No, right? that, that, you don't know what that is? That's from when we, Dave Osterman would tell you Chad Reed is Chad Reed. Like looking a shark in the eye. Yeah, yeah. but 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 but, Chad, but before Chad that, Chad. you were like, yeah, you were like, how's Chad? And then Dave would say, Chad Reed, Chad Reed. Reed. <laughs> oh, excellent point. All right, I'm actually a huge fan now of this letter. You ever looked at a shark in the eye? Good job by Michael from Oh Brampton, Ontario. Oh, I used to live in Brampton. No way. Yeah, I lived in Brampton for like six months. I didn't know you from Brampton. Forward you Michael's uh, email. You guys probably hung out before. Yeah. Uh, his question is. Would any of Chad's gear contracts or other sponsors be specific to him riding a Honda? Or is all that just based on the terms of the contract? Or could we see him with new gear contracts or other sponsor changes just because he's on a different color bike? Well, first of all, all read deals are up. That's usually the way he times all this, right? Everything's wide open at the same time. Isn't that how he normally does it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, his gear deal next year won't be affected by he has to stick with shift because he stayed with Honda or didn't because all the deals are up. But, uh, JT, you're in that business now. Does a rider being on a different brand of bike affect uh, the potential deal he gets for other sponsors such as gear? Uh, yeah, for, without a doubt. Um, you know, there's a lot of gear deals that are, there are clauses if you have a factory ride, A, which is obviously a huge part of it. Um, but then B, um, yeah, you know, I think it's gone away a little bit, but of course, a few years ago, if you were on factory Honda, that's worth more money. It just is, you know, the Honda whole, you know, empire. Um, so yeah, I would guarantee that's a, that's a factor on, on some level. Plus you have to remember if he ends up on a brand that already has, like, isn't KTM going to have a problem or Fox going to have a problem. They're about to have Roxanne and Dungey in the same truck racing the same bikes against each other. 
isn't that going to be an issue where Fox is like, why do we need both those guys? Isn't that a potential problem? Um, it can be, but um, it really it really depends on your branding of who you want to brand. Uh, you're still having to sell gear, and if you have other guys, like if, if you had Rox and Dungey both in the 450 class on the same team, it's fine. They don't they're not very strict on what color gear they run. They could run, you know, they can really still run their whole gamut of uh lines and colors. Um but if they've got so much money invested in branding in those guys, which they do, they're not going to just dump a guy because oh, they're on the same team, you know. But they have they have millions of dollars invested in these guys, so that usually is going to take precedence. Do you think we can make it so that when you're talking about brand a rider, you actually do brand a rider? You actually get a hot brand and brand them. Well, H and H neck tattoo. Yeah, we could try sure. to we could try to put that in the contract, but right. I think it's, we're going to find some friction. Maybe not with Pike. He he doesn't even believe in brands. Yeah, Pike would just sit there and take it. Right. Yeah. Um. Funny thing though, like the Gear Wars and JT, you're getting involved in this a little bit. And Thor MX, of course, sponsor of this podcast show, and you work for Fly. The Gear I do not know this company you speak of. Right. The Gear Wars are intense. Like, it's gnarly out there, folks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like, very real. Yeah, That's and, for sure. and we, you know, from the magazine end, like who's on the cover wearing what gear. Um, you know, we need this color with this rider if you're going to do a cover shot. And, hey, we went, you know, six months in a row putting Fox guys on because they were winning or whatever. We can't do that again. And it's a delicate game, the Gear Wars. Much more delicate, I think, than even the bike brands, which you would think they have more money, more power. But yeah. they don't seem to get a bent out of shape. Gear, oh, no. yeah, it's crazy. Go ahead and make fun of somebody's gear. Go ahead. I'm still paying the price, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like some of these guys yeah. are a little, little insane. Um, yeah, you could write about Villapoto's Kawasaki handling like garbage or something, and that'd probably be okay. But if you say Thor gear doesn't look good, or fill in any other gear brand and say it looks bad, yeah, hell, at no fury, like what that gear guy's gonna say. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like rev up, call him. Like he, you know, there's touchy. Ooh, touchy. somebody get mad over that? Oh, jeez, you wouldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> Number twenty. To, one more. So you want to do one more? Let's do. It? Let's do three more. Let's, let's do three more, and we'll wrap. And wow, there's, three more. There's still um, a lot of questions, uh, but maybe we'll do a third part. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, next question. Uh, this was actually to you, but I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, I have noticed that whenever someone asks you to compare a rider from today's scene to those of the past, you say it's impossible to compare the two because riding styles are so different now. But if that's true, how can there be riding schools? Like Ricky Carmichael's RC, uh, RCU, how can people like that be educating young riders with skills of the past generation? That's from um, Emily. Emily. I don't know, bro. Good luck. I'm glad you took this question. I don't know yeah, how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, it's a very strange spelling of M L I. Well, um, the question, like when we, when I say it's impossible to compare, that's more like um, people who say, "Hey, is Marty Smith faster than you know Ryan Villapoto was or whatever?" That, that's a common thing. And it's cool to bench race about, but, you know, my standard answer is it's really hard to compare because bikes and riding styles have changed and who knows what and this and that. I mean, even JT, you're a believer that it's hard to compare RC and RV because the bikes are so much better now. And that's when I mean, we're just talking seven-year-old four-strokes. Right. You know, and you're still – you're in the camp of saying that Ryan Villapoto's motorcycle is a lot better than Ricky Carmichael's. So never, never mind, you know, riders themselves. Um, 
But yeah, you know, you have a point, Emily. You should get some money back from any motocross schools that you have taken recently. Um, and and unless they're with newer guys, unless they're with newer guys, there is there is some of that. Uh, you know, Travis Preston has mentioned that to me. Ping has mentioned that before. Like that. Um, what was this thing? Uh, JT with the clutch, clutch and the whoops. Which way did he fall on that? Who with Ping. with who? Me? Pingry, yeah. And oh, you, Ping, had, Ping had no idea what it was about. He, he didn't believe that was possible that anybody did that. Because because Gary Bailey was saying that. That's, oh, here we go. Be careful. Gar- was it Bailey? Who? Someone taught their students to use a clutch in the whoops. Yes. Well, he Ping. he's a big proponent of it in general. Okay. But I know. And Ping like, said they were nuts. Right. Yeah. And then you were like, "Oh, actually, I do it." So uh, no, I don't. I never did it, but I know like. Okay. Reed and Byrne and all these guys do it. Right. So yeah. the point being, like, here we have Ping and, and another teacher disagreeing on what to do. And, you know, it's, it, there's no right or wrong way, I don't think. But And I think, I think DV is a big, uh, you know, he's really big on this. His motocross is a very unique and individualized sport where there's just not one way to do it. Yeah. You know, Bill Poto's proven that where his style is very unique and he has perfected it. Uh, and taking the speed levels to new heights, which the way he rides, many people didn't think was possible. So uh, I, I just one of those, you know, there's uh, more than one way to skin a cat type deal. Look at the way he rides, DV road. <laughs> right, exactly. You, you would never yeah. teach that. Right. Um, so, anyways, I'll take the next one, Weege, if you now want. How can you run the clutch and the whoops when your clutch is pointed, like, <laughs> at 12 o'clock yeah. straight up? Shay Bentley had a problem using the clutch and the whoops. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh I, the riding school teachers are much like these gear brands, oh. very territorial. Um, everyone will say every other one is an idiot. I can't believe one of them actually did say that there are multiple ways to do it right. Because most of them tell you No, that, that was that was just DV. Yeah, I can't believe DV. That's it. Okay, one. I can't it, believe even he. One person was actually able to say, usually it's do it my way or you're a complete idiot. Yeah, yeah, good point. And you run into that, uh, Weege, with your breakdown column. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, Mike sent this question in. I have a question about why the media, that's all of us, is so far up Honda's ass. Given the bike has been twitchy, handling machine since 09, and to this day the handling cannot be ironed out, why is it not derided, derided more as much as a Yamaha? Not to mention it is a pig in the motor department. Need proof? Look how many companies sell clamps and different offsets or linkages for it. Further proof, look at what the factory has done this year to try to dial it in. SFF fork, air fork, 2012 conventional fork, a litany of clamps and linkages, and the bike gets a free pass. Meanwhile, the Yamaha and JS having a few bad seasons on the thing has seriously hurt its reputation. Don't get me wrong, the Yamaha is flawed, but the Honda has been bad since 2009, and it flies under the radar. Besides, has JS been much better on the Suzuki? Has he crashed less? Less. Uh... Please address this issue, the fact that the CR is running away from the... The fact that CR, Chad Reed, is running away from that thing as fast as he can and at his worst pro season on it ever should speak volumes. Uh, Maybe you, Mathis, a journalist with no fear, can tackle this issue. Uh, What do you think, JT? The Honda has gotten a... First of all, Mike, uh, thanks for the letter. Um, You say, look how many companies sell clamps and different offsets for it and linkages. Uh, breaking news, Mike, a lot of companies offer linkages and offsets for all the brands. So that's not true. Exactly. Um, 
and, I think he. Okay. I think he's a little off base because you're comparing apples and oranges. The Yamaha hasn't really improved, in my opinion. Um, in those, you know, when the the 2010 came out, it wasn't a big improvement. Um, the Honda, I feel like they did find some settings, especially the race side of it, that the bike was much, much better. Um, in 2009, yes, everyone was talking about how bad the Honda was. But by 2012, uh, having ridden that bike, it was totally different. Uh, it was They had figured out the linkage settings and suspension and how to kind of get around it and the rake and all that stuff. Um, so... The problem that Chad Reed is dealing with this year is basically a 2009 problem where you're, they were starting over again. The Yamaha has been the same. They really haven't changed it much. They haven't really improved it much that I've seen or heard. Uh, so I don't think it's really the same situation. He's trying to you know, lump the two in the same exact scenario, but I don't think they're really the same at all. Okay. Well said. Uh, next question. For you, Weege. Yeah, remember, hey, on that one, oh. <clears throat> Reed might be running away from the 12, but he could have chosen any bike he wanted completely and picked an 11. No, he's uh, running, away from, running no. away from the 13. He's running to a 12. He'd love to have his 12. Sorry, bike. that's right, yeah, running right, to a 12, yeah. running from the 13. But to say that the bike has been awful from 09 on, well, in 2011 it was so good that Reed picked it for no other reason except the performance of the bike wasn't based on money or anything like that. So the bike yeah. hasn't been horrible since 09. Yeah, and '09 wasn't a good year, but they got better. And yeah. I don't feel like the media is up Honda's ass. Anyone? No, I, I think, think we were. I think yeah. I was really harsh on them in '09. I raced it in '09. Yeah, I hated, hated it. it. Right. Millsaps yeah. hated it. Tedesco hated it. Yep, and I was very vocal about hating it. So uh, I, I'm not scared to, you know, if the yeah. bike's not good, I think, you know, you got to call it like it is. Um. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's been out there that this. 13 has had its problems. I think it's. I don't think it's been completely shrouded in secrecy. No, I don't think so either. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but the Yamaha deal is, yeah, you know, well, JT, you said it right. It's a different situation. It's not this is the exact same, and for some reason, Honda's just not getting slaughtered. It's not the same situation. And this is a four-year problem they're going on now of the same motorcycle. Yeah. How, you know. how awesome would it be if Chad did show up at Anaheim with 2012 CRs, all black, maybe giant middle finger, um, graphics, um, and you know, all a different color. Let's say they're all green, or you know, all maybe that you can find some of that flow pink Jerby stuff from back in the day. Um, and I'm just, sure Discount Tire would love the middle finger on the shroud. Okay, well, yeah, you got me there, but um, that'd be awesome. I would like that. It'd be really interesting. Like, can he do better? And and Honda Honda wouldn't like it, but yet they kind of would. They would let everybody know, hey, it's still a Honda. Like. It'd be a weird deal, but it would be interesting. So, something similar to MCR built. Yes, yes. Okay. I feel like MCR. When, uh, I feel like MCR thing hasn't Mike caught Genova on. Said that they didn't get enough credit because KTM developed an all-new 450 for Dungey, but they developed the first ever MCR 450 and also had a good year. He didn't right? say that. He didn't say that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's an interview on our site. He said, "I don't know why we didn't get credit. This is the first year of an MCR 450, and we we won a moto on it." But everybody just <laughs> talks about KTM. Uh, is that awesome or what? Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> question 26. Hi, Jason. So this is addressed to you, Weege, because you, you put this you. on there. Why don't you 
and MX Sports lobby the AMA to allow two-stroke 250s to race the 250 class from Al in Georgia? Well, we covered this one earlier. Well, uh, you put it in here, so I figured you... Yeah. Well, we, I didn't know how the answer would go no. uh, with the previous... Yeah, it's... Like we said... Why don't <clears> you do it, though? Why don't you? You yourself. Oh, me personally. It says me you. Me personally. Anyway. Lobby the AMA. Yeah. Uh, first, I'll lobby the AMA to do a podcast with you. I'll use my power for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah because it's just... I, I wish it worked that way. I do. I, I think it would be awesome if the rulemakers could just say... We're doing this. Everybody else, suck it. Deal with it. It's better for the racing. It's better for this. It's better for that. But the sport isn't big enough. There's such a strange interplay in motocross with the participant side and the fan side. There, in Major League Baseball, there is no connection between Major League Baseball and people that play baseball at home in their backyard. There's zero connection. They don't care about that. They're not connected. Here there is this direct connection between we have production bikes we have Kawasaki spending millions of dollars to race bikes, hoping that people in the stands buy those bikes to feel like they're the same guy yeah. as Ryan Villapoto is. It just gets so much more complicated when you have that situation. Um, Damien says, my question for the podcast, how exactly do the pipe manufacturers tune a pipe for the machine? I'm asking from a two-stroker cone pipe perspective, <laughs> but I know the four-strokes have their tricks too. What is the process? Um, Does anyone actually own a four-stroke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good question, right? Um, it's it's really a diameter of tubing. Uh, not so much so because there's a lot of clearance issues. It's uh, length of the pipe and length and diameter of the core in the muffler that do it. Um, and there's a there's a there's a uh, way to shorten it and lengthen it to get more power and move the power in a certain range that you want it in. There's a, don't forget you got to meet sound. So there's a there's there's definitely the core of this of the muffler itself is important in that end, as is the tip, and uh, how big the outlet is. A little bit. It's not as as far as I know, as my opinion, it's not as um, precise and as as uh, big of a change as two stroke. But there is some science to it. So, um, all right. This last question is for JT. We'll, we'll get to some more another time, perhaps. Uh, JT, my question is about Chad Reed. Chad has burned all his Japanese manufactured bridges, and it seems he has always has problems within the industries for whatever reason. What really is his problem? Obviously, <laughs> obviously, he is very talented and fast, but he seems to be his own worst enemy, especially when it comes to working with a team. Good thing he has his own team. Uh, now, he's slow, and he's ended his relationship with Team Honda. Is Chad just a hostile and angry person? That's the way I view him. Obviously, I'm not a Chad Reed fan. Can you talk about Chad's situation? Thanks. There's no name on this. but uh, I feel that his first comment is flawed. I don't think he's burned all his bridges with all the Japanese manufacturers. Mm-hmm. A, I mm-hmm. don't think that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, Chad Reed's Chad Reed. I'm not sure if this guy's ever looked <laughs> a shark in the eye. Yeah. Or but, a gunfighter. Uh, or a gunfighter. Right. Uh, no, I just, uh, you know, Chad is very outspoken. Uh, he is honest to a fault, with it come when it, and he's very straightforward to a fault sometimes. Um, if something is wrong with the team or motorcycle or personnel or this or, you know, on and on, he's going to let you know about it, and tact isn't always his about, strongest suit. What about if you're not as fast as him at the practice track, JT? Uh, in he, what way? Uh, is he honest about that? Oh, yeah, he's brutally honest. 
<laughs> like say your whoop speed, <laughs> for example. brutally. Or you're like your whoop speed, for example. Right. Uh, no, I just think he, you know, this sport is very PC. Uh, no one really says what they really mean a lot of times, and everyone tiptoes around people's feelings and the truth. And, you know, there, there's just so much ass-kissing, really, when it comes down to it, uh, that he's just not, he, that's just not his personality. He doesn't play that game. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it's not always to his benefit. So uh, I think, you know, a lot of fans don't really know how to take him. Uh, he, a lot of times it comes off as him whining or complaining, but when it really comes down to it, he's just telling you how he feels. If he doesn't think this is fair, he doesn't think this is right or this is good, or he's just telling you. You know, you're not, you're not going to hear that from a lot of guys. So uh, take it or leave it, you know, not everybody likes that approach, but that's him. And I, I really honestly don't see him changing that any time soon. I think he's – and this comes from a guy we did not get to see to eye, eye, eye to eye at Yamaha. Um, we weren't big fans of each other. One time uh, our suspension guy, he wasn't happy, and he said to the suspension guy, hey, do we have to hire somebody who knows what they're doing with suspension or not? And I'm like, <laughs> wow. Um, but – I've come around, and I think he's changed a little bit. Um, I've come around a little bit on him. He's come around. And I think we should appreciate him for his candor and the way he is. Maybe you don't like him. That's fine. A lot of people don't like Tony Stewart or Tiger Woods or whatever. Um, I get it that you don't like him. I could totally see where someone wouldn't be a fan of Chad Reed. But just like uh, J-Law when he raced, not now, but when he raced, we need those characters. We need those type of people in our sport. We can't all be Ryan Dungey, you know? Yep. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, I agree. What's what's strange to me hearing these letters and, and just in general the feedback you're hearing from the fans, uh, it's amazing how much the tide has turned against him. I mean, two years ago when he started the team and was doing really well, it was like Reed was the people's champion. And the, the complaining and the outspokenness, I think people really like that for the reason you just said. We don't get it much. It's really a refreshing change. It's what we all want. Honesty, real answers, real in-depth insight, not just political correct stuff. So it's strange to me that this has now turned completely on its head, and now those same qualities, this is not just this letter. I mean, we hear it all the time at the races, and these are, there are several Chad Reed questions right in this list we had today. It's really weird how it's changed um, uh, that much. And what it really comes down to is, you can do whatever you want. If you're winning races and doing well, it looks great. And if you're not doing well, you look like a whiner. Maybe. Same, same exact personality. Look, um, ask Shift uh, if they want to continue their relationship with Chad Reed. They 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 got to be pumped, excited, um, you know, to to have Chad Reed as an athlete. He he's been great for that company. They've loved it. A lot of companies would love to work with Chad Reed and his fan base and his openness and the way he is on Twitter. And everything. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but um, I don't agree with this guy in the fact that, you know, saying that he's hard to work with for a team and he's a hostile and angry person. I don't agree. For as many people as you may say that he's hostile and angry, you could find as many people saying that he's awesome for the brand and for a rider and for the team and everything. So, you know. Yeah, and I think his guys over there at that team, they seem like one of the closest knit groups of any team at the races. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those, yeah, those guys are all. They're all seem like they're in a good mood. They're not like, oh God, I hate this job, I hate this life. Like they're all laughing yeah. and joking, and they seem to get along. JT, you know them all well. Um, Goose and Lars and and and, and 
Goose and Lars and, and Goose and Lars. Osterman and <laughs> no, I Oscar uh, yeah. and Joel jo- and yeah, yeah, like, Shane. Good they team. all left jobs to go there, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Osterman was really the only one I could think of that didn't have a you know a gig going already. Um, you know, so. for them to they chose to go there. So uh, I just I think he gets a bad rap, and I think there's a lot to what Weege said too. When you're winning, it doesn't matter what you say or do, uh, as long as you don't wear a crown and a gown out at the U.S. <laughs> Open. You're pretty much good to go. Yeah, you can do anything you want. Right. If he comes back and wins next year on whatever brand of bike he chooses, then again he's people's champ because he's like Honda wanted him to do this. Honda built a bike like this. He told him to shove it. He backed up what he said. He made all his trash talk come to life, and he proved it was the bike, and he won. And then, and that's kind of what he did in '11. So it really, what he's saying really doesn't have any bearing on it. It just with the results. And he also, next year he'll be awesome. He's really good too in the media for dropping hints and getting his message out. You know, he's oh, yeah. good at that game, and that's fine. Whatever, that's part of it. You know, um, more racers should be more like Chad Reed than less like Chad Reed. I feel, and and more people yeah, should I... look at sharks in the eyes. Um, all right, is that it? We didn't cover them all, but just... yeah, we have a part two. Yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, uh, the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast. Reader letters. We took them. We answered them. We got a bunch more to do. We'll, we'll probably get to those next week or something. Uh, presented by Thor MX. Thank you, Jason Wygant. Thank you, Jason Thomas. Yep, and right. uh, we'll get back together. See you guys. See you guys. Later. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts.